Year after year, one of the most consistent items on my do something list is to have fun with fashion. Exploring my personal style has added more joy to my everyday life and helped me feel more like myself on the regular. However, I have found that there are some brands I would love to explore more, but they are out of my typical price range, or there's the it item that I would love to try out, but without the commitment of keeping it. Enter Armoire. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, you can build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new to you styles. I just did my quiz and have selected a few dresses for the summer from Bowdoin, one of my favorite brands that I can't typically afford. And I also got a double breasted black blazer from a new to me designer, a classic item that I have been on the hunt for, but too scared to commit to until I know it's the one. For you expecting mamas, for those who are working or those who are style obsessed, who want to switch out your wardrobe with quality pieces without the designer prices, check out this woman owned company that has your style and your sustainability in mind. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash progress. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash progress to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Are you ready for a growth spurt? Well, I've got one for you today. A few times a month, I'll give you a short message that I'm calling a growth spurt that will help you narrow in on our focus of the month in ways that are bite-sized and super applicable right away. So let's jump on in. Hello, hello. I am so glad you are here with me. I know that there are many, many things that you could be listening to, and I'm grateful you are here. Today, I'm going to share a growth spurt on naysayers, critics, Um, whether well-intentioned or not, we all deal with them. And I've been dealing with my fair share lately. So I wanted to do a special episode on this. Now, this might not be a typical around 10-minute growth spurt, but I am going to do my best to jump right into the material. Because of that, we're not going to do Amazon Made Me Do It today, but I do have two announcements for you. First is my workshop and my party are still both for sale. There are some tickets left. This is the Rediscover You workshop where I help you progress towards finding yourself again. This is for all of you who think you are all or nothingers. Those of you who think that you are non-starters, non-finishers, or obsessed with your output each day and your success and your failures. I want you to come to this workshop so you can uncover that there is life outside of perfectionism. And in fact, as you focus on messy progress, you actually grow 
way more exponentially than if you were stuck in the perfectionism cycles. So that is on November 16th in Salt Lake City, Utah from nine to one. A gourmet lunch is included and a beautiful canvas bag and a workbook. And that night we are having a separate event, a party. Now this is our third year anniversary of About Progress in November and I wanted to celebrate in ways I never have. So I want you to come here to do a charcuterie board. Uh, That's a delicious appetizer board with all the cheeses and you know, you can just picture it, right? And then there's unlimited mocktails and there's going to be some other surprises there, including an activity to help you get a jump start to 2020. I won't make a cent from the party. I just want you to come and mingle with your fellow progressors, meet people you've been wanting to meet because I'm going to invite some prior guests too. And and like I said, get a jump start in 2020 with the activity we're going to do, but it's mostly going to be just mingling and listening to music and enjoying each other's company. You can find out about both and get your tickets on aboutprogress.com slash events, and that will take you to both of them. You can come to just the workshop, you can come to just the party, or you can bundle and go to both of them with a discount. I'm really really excited to teach this final workshop of the year. And it's actually going to be my last live workshop, meaning in-person workshop for quite a long time. So I'm very eager to meet you all and to learn together. Okay, let's dive into the material here. I'm honestly a little nervous to share this with you. Um, Like I said, it's been heavy on my heart, but let's just start by describing this. There's this weird kind of phenomenon that happens when you are putting yourself out there in any way, um, whether you decide to run a new marathon or get your house organized or you want to write that book you've always thought about or go back to school. I mean, the list goes on. When you are trying to grow, there's always going to be at least one person who was not happy with your progress. And sometimes they even try to prevent it. And I'm going to call those naysayers, people who try to get in your way. And sometimes it's not intentional. And sometimes it very much is. And there are lots of ways people try to tear down the growth you are experiencing. If you follow me on Instagram at About Progress, you might have sensed that I've been a little down the last month or so. And it's because I've been dealing with some naysayers and it's really thrown me off. And you know, I I can deal better with my own naysayer inside of me, my own inner critic, because of the years of practice I've had dealing with her, um, myself. But when others present a terrible version of how they view me, it really wrecks me. And I know that this is something I need to grow up in. I know that this is something that I need to develop some maturity and how to deal with and to not let it knock me down so much. But um it's not so easy for me. And I am sure that many of you feel the same way. Now, before I had a public pursuit like this, I dealt with naysayers too, even when I was just working on myself. Um, Maybe I went to uh, teacher school and people wanted to know, well, why are you doing that instead of having babies? And, you know, vice versa, when I decided to stay home with my kids, well, why are you doing that when you have your career? There are always going to be people who are going to talk back or push against or criticize or make fun of the things you are doing. And a lot of times it's the people closest to us. In my workshops and in the progress program, women bring this up all the time. It is a real thing. We deal with critics. And what are we going to do about these naysayers? And that's what we're going to talk about today. First, we're going to talk about what type of naysayers are out there. 
and why they do it, why they critique, why they try to prevent, why they get in the way, why do they make fun or criticize or belittle what you're doing. And then we're going to cover what you can do about them. The first category I'm going to share about naysayers are the well-intentioned ones. Now, these aren't necessarily the people who are trying to belittle or criticize or break down, but they are pushing back. And the main reason for this is fear. Fear over how you'll be received, fear of your own exposure, fear of your own failure, um, meaning you yourself. But these people also might have fear about themselves they aren't realizing are a part of it. Now, with with these kind of naysayers, it's good to give pause. It's good to listen and hear them out, but it's also not necessary to take what they say at face value, meaning a lot of times it is still more about them than they realize what they're pushing against. So an example I have for you here is when I did my uh, faith episode last year, I had the full support of my husband and my family. The first time I did it, though, it was a little different. Um, I did a blog post went back when I had started my blog. There were just a few hundred people reading it. And I had this feeling that I was supposed to do a post on my faith crises. And I brought it up to my husband and I brought it up to my parents. I even wrote the post well in advance and I shared it with them. And they were very kind about it. They were very... Um, affirming of what I wrote and not judgmental there, but they were very resistant to me sharing it publicly. And they did so kindly, but they were pushing back on it. I don't think you need to share this with the whole world. I don't know if you need to put yourself out there like this. Um, Or it was just, I, I could tell that there was some discomfort there. And I stood over it for a long time and I waited a full month and thought it through a lot. But in the end, I knew that it was more about them and their fears, fears, you know, fears for me, of course, but fears also of how it might reflect on them too. And so I went forward with that and then, you know, it went viral in my mind, meaning, maybe a thousand or 2000 people read it, um, which we know is not viral, by the way. But in my mind, it did, in the end, connect me to people that I needed and who needed me and it created the community I needed. And, you know, my family who at first had resisted that were very supportive of me in the moment. Now, that's kind of a lucky version of that. Um, Maybe, 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 maybe. Uh, Another example for you is a time where, they didn't fully full turn around for me, um, but I still knew it was right to do. Uh, again, I I started this all because I was trying to get away from perfectionism. And as part of sharing that and trying to encourage progress over perfection, I started telling my story for the first time ever. And that made a lot of people uncomfortable who were very close to me. I'm talking about best friends, roommates, siblings, who were hearing these stories about me for the first time, struggles with eating disorders, depression, faith crises, all of the above. And I had um, a lot of pushback on that in terms of people being upset that they were hearing about things there, which I understood, Um, but more of the discomfort of how it made them feel that it was more public in nature in, in terms of, do you need to put that out there? Are you just seeking attention and things like that? 
Um, and yeah, it hurt to hear it, and but it was well-intentioned. They weren't trying to hurt me, but I also knew it was more about them than me in time and that I was doing the right thing. I'm going to talk more in, in, in soon in the episode about what to do about all of the naysayers, including these well-intentioned ones, but hopefully my examples are painting the picture for you. Just be aware that this is more about them than you, and yes, you can listen, but if you are aware of what fears they have about themselves and you, then it helps you be better um, able to, to understand what is the right way to move through it. The second type of naysayer are the critics. These are those who are very threatened, but they don't know it themselves. It's easier to critique than it is to recognize why they are feeling this way. My example of this is the guy I actually dated before my husband, Brad. Um, we were, I guess people were saying we were unofficially engaged and that's a whole other story in its own right. But yeah, we often talked about future families and all of that. And I remember I told him when I'm, an, when I'm married and I'm a mom, I want to go back to school and I would love to take art classes and learn Spanish and learn the guitar. And I, you know, kind of rattled off these things I wanted to do. And he looked at me and he said, isn't that selfish? Now, he was unknowingly threatened, meaning he wasn't trying to tear me down or strike me in the heart. But but what this was about more was him, that it was against the mold of what he wanted. It was easier for him to judge me and to criticize me than it was for him to realize that he was being threatened in the ways that he um, was not expecting now, th- even though that was um, a critique, it was kindly, I guess, delivered. But a lot of times, these are not. Critics often like to make fun of, poke holes in your plans, criticize your plans, belittle. An example I have of this is a Dear Progressor submission. And of course, I'll keep them private. But they wrote me after saying, I almost asked you to take that episode down because um, someone in my family listened to it who does not treat me well. And they have made fun of me for several weeks about it, how I called in to this show and I left this very public, very vulnerable message about how I have grown and what I've learned. And it's been a source of big shame for me because of how uh, this person humiliated me for, for putting myself out there. And my heart, you know, broke in half for her. But this is what many of us deal with. We deal with the critics of people who judge us that we know. They judge us, they critique, but again, they do it unknowingly, meaning they don't realize that the reason they're doing this is because they feel threatened in some way. They don't like to see you grow ahead of them. Where does it put them in their own lives? They fear that you are growing beyond them. And we often put ourselves in rankings as humans. We like to put ourselves above or below other people. It's part of our makeup. And when people criticize you who know you, they are putting you down in order to maintain the one up position they currently uh, have in their minds. And this is all subconscious, right? That's why I say they are knowingly threatened. This is living the scarcity mindset, meaning there's not enough to go around. So when you are shining and you are progressing and growing, it means that I can't. Um, There's worry over change in in relationships in their lives. Yes, but this is not from a well-intentioned place like the other kind. Again, they feel threatened. With these critics, you can have vocal critics, 
you know, like I just described, or you might have some mute ones. This is where you know people are not happy with the things you are doing. You know what's making them uncomfortable. And maybe they're talking about you too behind your back and you just can sense it. We're so smart as humans. We know when we are being judged and we're not being accepted. Now, I kind of told this before. Um, I, I joked that I'm Lord Voldemort in some circles of my family, meaning I am she who shall not be named. Um, some people have not been happy about what I've been doing um, in this public space with the podcast about progress and how I put myself out there and by extension ex- expose them, I guess. Um, and the only reason I know that is because what I am doing here has never been mentioned ever. And so I know by their muteness that I am not okay with them. Um, And that's been very difficult for me to deal with. It's been very difficult to deal with these critics. And I know it's difficult for you. Maybe you have a sibling who's not happy with what you're doing. Maybe you have someone who points out the flaws in your your training plan for your 5K or marathon. Or maybe someone is questioning why you know it's time for you to go back to school. Um, Anything like that, you are going to have well- You're going to have the well-intentioned ones I mentioned, and you're also going to have the critics who are not well-intentioned, who are not happy with what you're doing, but they don't realize why. Okay, so those are the first two, the well-intentioned naysayer, the critic who was unknowingly threatened, and the final one, this is a whole field in and of itself. These are the anonymous and cruel critics. In other words, trolls. Now, some people want to hurt you, plain and simple, and I don't want to focus on them, but they exist. The more you grow, the bigger you get. And I'm just talking internally. I'm not talking about publicly. I'm not talking about followers or numbers or money or anything like that. But the more you grow, the more these type of anonymous or cruel kind of trolls will come out. Um, So an example of this I have is from a friend in high school who went through a really difficult time. And um, she was by all, you know, by all appearances, had it all together, you know, had a really cute boyfriend, um, very popular, friendly with everyone. And um, she went through a very difficult time and was suffering, um, you know, quietly through it. And she got several anonymous letters from someone who was critiquing her life and calling her down. And she knew who this person was in her mind, but she could never, you know, trace it back to that person. And it was an anonymous, you know, quote unquote anonymous, but a cruel, cruel intentioned person. So again, those first two categories of naysayers are not intentionally being cruel. It's more about them um, not realizing the fear that is in place. But this third category, they are trying to be cruel. That is their goal. Their goal is to tear you down. Some people do not want you to succeed. Some people will be happy when you are sad. But luckily, these are in the minority. Now, I'm not going to get into a lot of details of the naysayers that have been coming up for me. Um, One of them really tore me down for a few weeks, but I was just licking my wounds and kind of giving over it. It was a person I knew more. But the, the second one, that I'm going to share with you here was more of the cruel, the troll type, the cruel troll. Um, 
that <laughs> right as I was licking my wounds and getting better knocked me right back down again. I got a message from, uh, you know, a, a private message from someone on Instagram saying, hey, I just read a really mean review on your show on iTunes. And I just wanted to give you a heads up about it. And this person isn't speaking the truth at all. So, you know, of course, I open my phone, I go to the podcast app and I upload the review and I'm telling myself this whole time, like, stay calm, stay calm. It's never the end of the world. I've gotten critical reviews before. I've gotten helpful feedback. I've gotten all of that and I welcome that. I absolutely welcome feedback and help and direction and constructive criticism, all of the above. Um, but just from the, her note, I knew that this is going to be nasty and um, my fingers were shaking. I realized even as I'm telling myself, don't freak out. It's okay. This is not the end of the world. Like think about the good. Think about the good. I'm even thinking about that as I open this. And yet as I open it and I read it all, it really became something that made me want to quit at all. I'm going to read it to you now. Before I do that, though, just know, you know, I read it um, in that moment and I read it over and over in that moment and my husband read it and I've not opened it again since, even though I've really wanted to because I knew it was already in my head enough. I didn't need to give it more space. So here I am going to read it to you again, just so you can get a sense of what this looks like to have an anonymous uh, troll, a, a cruel person really trying to tear you down. Okay, this review said, I tried to like this podcast, but it's just not very good. I listened to episodes several, uh, that's what it says. I listened to episodes several from 2017. In fact, the first one I listened to with Emily Nelson from High Fitness really caught my attention. Then she had Dr. Finlayson Fife on and I thought, wow, this girl has it going on. However, I was pretty bored with every other episode. She's a very poor interviewer. She sort of likes to interrupt her guests, which is annoying. She seems like a very nice person and is very intentional in the way she's living her life, etc. But unfortunately, her life story is not at all compelling. A recovering perfectionist, very few people care about that topic. Okay, this is where it gets more cruel. <laughs> Um, the other thing, she seems to have a very strange way of humble bragging, like, I used to be so perfect, and then I am so amazing that I discovered that I am not perfect, but simply better than you because now I'm just progressing. I mean, give me a break. Can anyone t really take her seriously? I can only imagine her in high school and college as the judgy straight-A student everybody loved to hate behind her back. What strikes me the most is how huge her ego must be and why she thinks anyone really cares to hear about her so-called progress. Just starting a blog 10 years after the trend ended and now starting a podcast, which she's bad at, doesn't really mean she has anything to offer. Wow, right? Um, And I read that and I know this is an anonymous troll and I actually have some thoughts about who it could be, but it really doesn't matter because in the end of the day, I don't know who this person is. Um, clearly from their handle. And as I read it, I'm like, wow, there are some familiar parts to this. Like someone else one year ago wrote something that had some similar language to it, but it was far shorter. And, you know, I told you I read it for, I read it a few times over and over and then I couldn't anymore. And my husband read it. And he's like, Monica, this is the same reviewer from a year ago. And what they did, I mean, because I know how these reviews work. You can go back on and you can add to your review. So imagine a person hating you enough that one bad review wasn't enough. They had to go on and expand it and elaborate it and make it even worse than it was before and just cut you down in the cruelest of ways. I mean, um, I thought I was already doing better. Sorry. Um, but to, to just have some things that are said about you that are kind of your worst nightmare. Um, the things that are the exact opposite of why you are here and your biggest fears of 
what you do is useless and pointless and doesn't matter and is all about you. It really cut me to my core. And I know this is not um, reflective of the incredible people who listen to this show and to participate in the community and who share messages with me. I'm so sorry, guys. (laughs) Who share messages with me all the time, giving me support and cheerleading. But I just want you to know that for three years, I've done this show not to get money and attention and followers because if that those are all the reasons I did it, I would have quit two and a half years ago. Um, but anyway, so yeah, clearly that one is still striking a nerve, even though I thought I was doing way better. Um, so again, it's just good to recognize these trolls for who they are. Now, some of you, these these trolls will not be anonymous, and um. You will have people who are cruel and in, in, in public about it. And I don't even know what that feels like. So let's add to this cruel and um, this cruel category, someone who you do know and might not be anonymous, but these are people who are trying to make your life miserable. And luckily I haven't had too many of those. But when I read that and um, um, what it made me want to do was quit. I told you that. But the reason why is because I thought I'm not even big. I'm not even important in the eyes of the world. And what if I keep growing with this podcast? I'm not strong enough. I don't think I'm strong enough to deal with this on a daily basis. I have friends who are huge on social media and they have these kind of direct messages all the time. I'm like, I'm not strong enough and I don't want this. I don't want any part of that. So I thought about how about I how about I play small? How about I just not, how about I not try to grow this too much? Just like, just leave this as it is. And maybe that's okay in a different realm and for different reasons. But if it's because someone is criticizing you, it's wrong. So I want to tell you, if someone is trying to get you to play small, whether it's um someone who is a well-intentioned critic, a naysayer, or just a threatened critic or an anonymous and cruel cruel critic or just a cruel critic. Um, All of those naysayers want you to play small. And I want to encourage you to have the courage you need to not give in. Now, I don't, again, think that means that you need to live a public life and that your dreams need to aspire for greater things than you like than you can imagine fame and money and attention and followers I'm not saying that but don't play it small in your own life because of these naysayers we will always regret it if we do and that is the one thing I have been holding on to both with the well-intentioned critics the mute critics I've had or the face-to-face ones or these cruel ones that I'm hoping I don't have to deal with too much is I need to own in to my choice to not play small so that I can grow in my life. Because I will always regret if I stop something or I played small because of someone else's opinion, especially if I don't know who they are, but including those I know too. So what can we do about these critics now that I've blubbered all over this microphone in ways I never have? Don't worry, I'm going to leave you with some positive tools on how to do this. I have four for you. And this is what I have tried so hard to do the last few weeks. And I was doing better, but reading that made it a little bit fresh again. So please forgive me for that. The first one is to anchor in. Anchor in to what really counts to you. What is your why behind growing and developing yourself? 
What are you really doing this for? Now, if it is for the attention and all those things, that is something to think about. Maybe it is. And I've had to evaluate that constantly the last three years. I was more of an entertainer as a kid. This is something I might be prone to is seeking validation. I do think that is a part of my makeup, but that's not my why. So what is your why for growing? Anchor into that and anchor into the people who count. Now, Brene Brown has an incredible uh, TED Talk on this. Um, Actually, it wasn't a TED Talk. It was a talk she gave to um, a conference for um, creatives. And it's called Your Critics Aren't the Ones Who Count or Your Critics Don't Count. That's probably wording that wrong. I'll I'll link it in the show notes for you. But I watched that and it made me feel so much better. Um, And I'm going to share more about um, what she says on that in a minute. But the anchor into who really counts in your life. You know, what friends do you have supporting you? What people are cheering you on um, in person or not? You, you will have a cheerleader. I guarantee it. And if you can't think of one, write me a message and I will be your cheerleader. Now, the next way to anchor in is to think about who are you? Now, this might seem like a really deep question, but I don't want it to be like a, you know, go into a midlife crisis. What, who am I? I'm just saying, who are you? Do you, you have a soul who was there that exists beyond your own successes and failures. You are a worthy soul innate, regardless of what you succeed in and what you fell at. Anchor into who you are. And the final thing I would anchor into is to do it anyway. When you know it's still right, respectfully say when it's time for you to keep up with your goals. Now, Rachel Nielsen pointed out um, this to me about the idea to ask for support, not permission. And she got this from an incredible coach that I can't remember the name off the top of my head right now, but I'll link to her Instagram in the show notes. Um, but, But the idea is to ask for support, not permission. And even if you don't get that permission, that's that or the support, when you really know something is right, I want to encourage you to do it anyway. And I'm not talking about leaving families or jobs or, um, you know, all of that. So don't sue me. But I am saying that when you anchor into why you are doing this, who you are, who really counts, also anchor into what you know you need to do and focus on. The second thing you can do about these naysayers is to give yourself perspective. Perspective is wonderful. Time heals so many wounds and also helps you have space to really evaluate where you're at and what's the right course to go on. So give yourself time, time to process things and to figure it out. So when I'm saying do things anyway, still give yourself time to know if that is for sure, maybe not 100% sure, but what you believe is right for you to do. And in that time frame, take care of yourself. That's what I've been trying to do a lot of. I've been going on more walks. I've been painting my nails, <laughs> watching um, Netflix things that I've been wanting to, like The Great British Bake Off, um, reading books I've wanted to. I've just tried to be gentle with myself. So when you are trying to give yourself perspective and giving yourself that time, take care of yourself in that time. And as part of that perspective seeking, I'm going to get a little bit spiritual on you and say, give it to God. Um, that's one thing I've been trying to do a lot. And I've been, you know, I've I in, in the past with some naysayers, the mute naysayers, I've asked to change hearts and maybe that hasn't happened. But what I have instead asked is to help me let it go. Help me let this go. Um, so give it to God to give you that perspective. The third thing I would encourage you to do 
to work through these naysayers is to focus on gratitude. Notice the support and the good around you. Um, once I did my best to pick myself up and treat myself well and get perspective and, and you know, let it go, I did my best to see the good around me. And as I did that, I kept seeing messages of keep going everywhere. From this little Miggy's Instagram story, she does um she does these huddles, weekly huddles that crack me up because she does a dance before. Amy's been the sh- on the show before, by the way. But she does these little huddles where she gives you a pep talk. And this one was about the uh, crap sandwich, um, which I'm going to talk about um, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Gilbert talks about this and so does Brene Brown too. Whenever you do something good and worthy, there's going to be a crap sandwich, even though they don't say that. They say a swear word, but where you're going to have to eat this crap sandwich to get what you want. Um, and why I bring that up is she that was part of her huddle that, that day. And I thought, this is my crap sandwich. I have to deal with naysayers, whether it's, you know, and we all do in the end. So just recognize the good, seek for validation in the in the ways that count, like from good sources and inspiration. I watched a, quite a few Brene Brown talks and I actually haven't watched a lot of hers, um, but I was doing that and doing things that would support me and buoy me up. And I was also focusing on gratitude. I, I was trying to open all the direct messages I got with gratitude. I'm so glad this person feels like they can reach out to me. I'm so grateful for that listen. I'm so grateful for my spouse who is by my side. I'm grateful for my child who is giving me hugs. Um, I tried to see the good. And as I did that, there was more good to be seen. And with that gratitude, send out what you hope to get back. This is the best interpretation of the law of attraction here is when you need more encouragement, send out encouragement. When you need more energy, positive energy, send that out to others. When you need more love and um, care, send that to other people and it will be reflected back to you. That's super helped me. And finally, the final way that you can deal with these naysayers is to serve. Try to find ways to get your mind off of you. I mean, that part in the, in the, um, that, that uh, review where they said that people, um, I don't think she said made fun of the way, made fun of me behind my back, but talked about me behind my back or something like that. That thought was playing like in repeat, like a track that couldn't stop on my in my mind, you know, or the part where she said, I think I'm better than everybody, you know, and I had to get my mind off of it. And I found a lot of small ways to do that. I'm not going to go th- through all the list with you, but make a dinner for a friend, write a card to someone who needs it, get a surprise flowers um, bouquet delivered to someone and get your mind off of you and it will help you immensely. So again, those four ways to deal with the naysayers is to anchor in, give yourself perspective, focus on gratitude and serve. Now you can only do the best you can. I had um, Rachel Gaynor on early on in the podcast and something she said in the interview has always stayed with me and it was, not everybody is going to love you. This is tough stuff, my friends, but you have a choice. Not everybody is going to, lo- to to love you, but you can still keep growing and you can get stronger and you can still stay soft and open. Or you can quit and you can live with the regret that you let someone else get in the way of things that matter to you. Again, these are hard choices. Here's a quote from Brene Brown, and I know you're probably familiar with this. This is a quote actually from uh, Teddy Roosevelt that changed her life when she was 
ridiculed and picked apart by those anonymous trolls all over the internet when her first TED talk on vulnerability went viral and people were poking fun at her weight and saying, of course, she's talking about vulnerability. Look at her and all these terrible, terrible things. And she was in a hole and watched Downton Abbey for 10 hours and went on a random search on the internet of presidents. And she found this quote from Teddy Roosevelt that changed her life. And it's about the man in the arena. So here is the quote from Teddy Roosevelt that she then wrote a book on called Daring Greatly. Quote, it is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who was actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat." She says a lot about critics in that uh, video I told you about, but The nutshell is, you know, if you're committing to creating and growing, you're going to get your butt kicked. You can't avoid it. Being in the arena means it's dangerous. It's hard. You're going to fail and stumble and get dirty and marred. That is what it is to be daring greatly. And when you're in that arena, you have some seats you can look to. And you can look to the critics or you can look to the people who know you best of all and who will tell you when you are off the path, who will lead you in the right way and give constructive feedback. I have my people who do that for me. Um, So which seats in the arena are you going to look to? One of the thoughts that's been on my mind a lot the last few weeks about um, this thing with naysayers are the presence of the United States. A good approval rating is in the high 50s. A good approval rating is in the high 50s, 50, you know, 50 percentiles. A phenomenal approval rating is in the 60s. So imagine coming into a room of 10 people and knowing out of that number, four of those people hate your guts, hate your guts on the best of days. That's daring greatly. So I thought about Abraham Lincoln, one of our most celebrated presidents in our history. It's hard to imagine anyone banging on right now, right? Everybody loves Abraham Lincoln. But in, in, but in his day, at least half the country hated him. So much, you know, that he lost his life over this. One of his critics murdered him. So luckily our stakes aren't that high. But I, what I bring this all in is to tell you, we are all in our own arena. What I'm pursuing might not be what you are pursuing, but we are both in this arena of daring greatly in our lives. And I want to encourage you to look to the seats that matter to you in your life. And I want to encourage you to still to still grow and to still try and to still fight. Finally, I'm going to leave you with an incredible um, song by Brooke White. I got her new CD called Calico. And this is one of the ways I was trying to take care of myself was listening to her CD and music and all of her songs really um, were what I needed. I'm sure she has dealt with countless critics. You know, Brooke was on American Idol. Um, She's had many records after. She's an independent artist. And I'm sure she has dealt with her fair share of critics and naysayers, many public and private. So this song that I'm going to share with you is very representative of what she's learned about critics and naysayers. And it's simply this, be good, 
be good to yourself, be good to others, do the best you can, and dare greatly. Now, I have her permission to play the song, and that's what I'm going to close out this episode with. I encourage you to listen to the very end because at um, the last minute is where the really um, the, the words out come that really stood out to me in terms of critics. Um, so thank you, Brooke, for giving me permission to share this. And she did so without, you know, needing to have any strings attached, but I would encourage you to get her record. And if this episode was helpful for you and you know someone who needs it, I would love it if you could pass it along to them. And I would also love it if you were to write, <laughs> like I have to say this, right? I would love it if you could write your own review of the show if it has been helpful for you in any way. I want to thank you so much for listening, for making me part of your life. And I hope you know that I am here as your cheerleader. And I feel so blessed to have this community and to be a part of it. And, um, I just want to end you on this good note to be good. In my life, I tried to stand for something. As I get older, it ain't so black and white. They say what is right.
Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.